Hello and welcome to the All In Football Fantasy Premier League podcast show YouTube channel. It's episode 12. My name's Alex Rex. I'm the FPL guru and joining me today are my usual suspects, Scott Williams and Thomas Hughes, who continues to wear a Leeds kit for the podcast. Keep supporting them. Hopefully they will stay up for you, Tommy. This week, we have got your questions as usual. We've got our game week reviews after a dramatic game week um, where there was so many goals I'm pretty sure only Norwich and Tottenham didn't score a goal this game week. Massive swings, Captain Sellers, or you didn't. And we've got all of this to discuss, so let's get right into it. How are we doing, boys? I'm good, yeah. Just just uh, Norwich and Spurs, wasn't it, that didn't score? Oh, yeah. Norwich. <laughs> oh, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the team that got beat 5-0, which is okay. definitely mine. <laughs> um, well, uh, do you know what? That's actually how far I've erased that from my memory. I didn't even watch the game, and I'm glad I didn't because I thought we were going to get battered. And I just, I've literally erased it from my mind. I haven't. It'll probably be with me for a long time. That one. Oh, well, at least you got a last-minute penalty to draw with Wolves. So <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's crack on with uh, with this game week and the review of it. Uh, so some ridiculous scores this week, wasn't there? Um, Martinez saved a penalty that's weird yes. didn't he? even even though he got yeah. even though he conceded three goals and then Aubameyang put in the rebound I think I thought he was going to cry after the uh, the rebound went in at one point yeah, well I think he was a bit a bit annoyed he could have done he did really well save it but he had pushed it out obviously him and him and Aubameyang didn't get on very well at the club either I think um they used to have a bit of beef so oh, is that right okay that's nice they always go for Scott with the gossip Colin uh, <laughs> um Defenders, Reese James and Ben Chilwell. I've said it a thousand times. If I knew Reese James was going to start every week, I'd have him in my team, no doubt. And, and the one of the questions that's coming this week is: Is it worth risking the rotation for having sort of player like that in um, this season? It's been a no for him, has it so far? Then Chilwell's played three games in a row, um, and he's got returns every single time. So crazy times uh in, in a 7-0 win for Chelsea Mason Mount gets a hat trick and an assist I don't know who well no one saw that coming surely uh, everyone decided to gamble on Kai Havertz who I think scored four goals since he started at Chelsea um but still I just the Mason Mount thing's crazy uh 24 points to Rick Cresswell Standardly chips in with an assist. Taking set pieces for West Ham is obviously a, um, a really good thing for him. He always chips in with some good points every season. The usual Mo Salah. Um, um, I said, do you know what it was? I thought Ronaldo's goal had counted, Scott. That's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, Salah, hat-trick and an assist. Um, and he's just looking insane. He's averaged 11.8 points per game this season. This is just... He's got 107 fantasy points this season. The next best is Antonio and Vardy, who are equal on 57. He's got nearly double what anybody else has got. This is unprecedented in a season. If you are one of the 32% of managers that doesn't have him, go on with him and get him. Uh, I've got some stats on him in a minute, actually. It's just come to my mind. Do you think he's going to be moved to a forward next year? He's still playing the same position, though, isn't he? He is, but isn't that a forward position? But they'd have to they'd have to change all of them. Then a lot of these players that are classed midfielders, like Sterling, would have to go there. You know, yeah, but has gone the other way. He's gone from. But I swear, Bamian plays. If he Lacazette plays on the middle, Bamian plays in a similar position to um, Salah. 
Yeah, and he was a midfielder last season, wasn't he? Yeah, it's, it's really it's, it's, it's predominantly where they played that season, which is why you know, for example, Dallas is a midfielder this year, even though he's playing left back, is because predominantly he played in central midfield. If they class those those you know wide positions behind the striker as midfield positions, which they clearly do, then if Salah plays off the right most of the time, then he's always going to be in midfield. And so unless they change the way that they choose that, it wouldn't just affect Salah, it'd affect all of them. So he'll still be a midfielder. So I yeah, Greenwood's a midfielder now as well, but if he'd have kept playing down the middle a bit, like, so Foden's a perfect example. If Foden keeps playing false nine, he'll be a striker next season. Mm, yeah. um, 18 points from Foden, continuously becoming a really good fantasy option. Um is Maxwell Corney his first name? Maxwell Corney, yep. yeah. Six million pound midfielder from Burnley, getting two goals. Um, yeah, uh, someone to keep an eye on, I guess. Uh, it's um, it seems like he played really well and he took the goals well, and he seems like a, a potentially a fantasy option. Burnley have got some really good fixtures coming up, so they're actually one of the top teams on the fixture ticket. So potentially someone to even keep an eye on from Burnley. I don't think I was going to say that. Um, other than, you know, the young gun Dwight McNeil, who does his three things a season, and Chris Wood, who shows up when Jack transfers him in. But other than that, yeah, but Corny. Kate has had his day. Well done, Nabby. Pat yourself on the back, lad. Now you're injured. Um, Josh King with 16 points. He got his hat trick. And Emmanuel Dennis, who didn't even start the game, came on and gets himself 12 points. And then his fifth yellow card in nine game weeks. So his, And he's not even started all them game weeks. His minutes per yellow card must be insane. Um, it's probably the same amount as like Antonio's goal-scoring record. So, yeah, 12 points for Dennis. So Watford's front two. Who'd have thought they'd be ever in a team of the week? But a 3-5-2 three, five, uh, three, five, formation and a couple of notable names in there for us to be paying attention to moving forward. I'll see a lot of people panic by. I've got a quick question about the kings of the game week, Alex. Sure. Um, how often... It's probably a question you'll know slash find out for next week. How often can you would you have been able to have that team? Like number of affordability and obviously it's very rare, but maybe four players from a team. Like that one looks like it was you could definitely afford that team by lots of things. Yeah, with uh, Cater, Corne, Dennis, oh, King. so much budget in there, isn't there? That is yeah. a very cheap team. I, I, I don't know the exact numbers on it or statistics, but I would probably say that pretty much every single game week you could have the team of the week. Yeah. Um, there's always somebody that seems to creep in or two or three players seem to creep in that, that show really good value. Um, yeah, it, it's look at that midfield. I don't even know how much navigator is. I reckon that, I reckon that team on there comes in under like comes in around eighty million. That must be dirt cheap. Yeah. Well, then you'll have your obviously your bench to fill up, but still at the same time, yeah, you'll you'd have quite a few million in the bank with that. One hundred and sixty nine points, and there's some other people in here by the way. Do I've got this extra screen up this time for, for um, podcast listeners? I don't normally do this, but I've got a list of the other players that have scored really good numbers because Smith Rowe could be in there instead of Corney. At five point five, yeah, Cater five million, Smith Rowe five point five million, thirteen points. Um, Kovacic doing it again. Yeah, it's, I've been one of the first to write off Kovacic this season, and then he's come back. Not to put him in. Well, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't. But he's got to be. He's got to be taken more seriously now. Eleven points, five point three million. He's got forty six points this season. Um, five more than Mason Mount, um, and eleven more than Phil Foden. Uh, and Callum Hudson Odoi eleven points. Jota, 11 points. 
there's been some really, really top scores coming this week from the uh, from the midfield. So yeah, we'll see what happens with this next week. Wanted to have a look at the ownership and the captaincy. So out of the uh, top ten thousand managers, he was uh, Mo Salah was captained by sixty nine point five six percent of them. Really? Yeah. That's well, low. I thought it would have been like 95%. Well, Kai Havertz was 11.4 and Vardy was 6.8. So they were predominantly the ones that really came in and um, made a difference in terms of the levels of people that were being captained. Antonio got 1% in there, etc. Uh, and then captaincy for the whole of the game, um, Salah was only 41.4%. And I mean, Vardy was technically 10%, but yeah, a little bit lower for the overall game considering what was going on. But quite a few of the top managers in the world taking a gamble this week on, on Havertz or Vardy against Brentford, you know, which was quite an interesting one. And looking at this is ownership for the whole of the Liverpool team for the top 10,000 managers in the UK and the UK in the world. Wow. Mo Salah is owned by 9,977 <laughs> of the top 10,000 managers teams. I would love to see those 23 other teams. Yeah. I, I mean, there's 23 teams out there that don't have Salah that are in the top 10K. That's, that's ridiculous. But yeah, nearly nearly 100% owned in the top 10,000 members. I've never seen that before. Uh, they, and, they could have used all their chips or something like that. Like, there's got to be a reason behind that. that surely. Or they're like Ben Crabtree who won fantasy about five years ago as <laughs> an Everton fan and won't have a Liverpool player in his team. Uh, the Trent owners, 6,890 uh, 6, of them. Every single manager who has Trent in their team has Salah in their team in the top 10K. Just a fun stat, thought I'd look at, because you know what? I love a stat. But every manager that's got Trent has also got Salah. Uh, looking at captain, uh, the captain, looking at chips and uh, usage so far. So we're looking at bench boost, free hit, and triple captaincy, of course. Um, in terms of game week nine usage, we saw 2.35% of managers in the top 10K and 2.11%, uh, 2.11, 2.11%, uh, overall use their wildcard. And we were one of those managers, the All-In Football Podcast team. And we will have a look at our team in a second. Uh, looking at the All-In Football Podcast League, uh, Gavin Webb, Manager of the Week. We'll click on to you in a minute, Gavin. Um, you've uh, taken a bigger lead at AJFC, 113.645 points. I'm sitting here in second. Adrian Chippendale takes a big leap up to third. Jeff Belcher in fourth and the podcast team in fifth. Tom Hughes, look at you. Good week, yeah. Seventh place, big green arrow to uh, with 107 points. To go in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah go in the right direction. Uh, so, yeah, let's look at uh, Gavin's team, shall we, for the team of the week. For uh, podcast listeners, Tom, would you mind reading it out for them, please? Yeah, sure. We've got uh, Rayer in goal for a massive two points. Cancelo bringing in a huge one point. Uh, and Diaz alongside him with the two. Uh, we've got Reese James with 13, Trent with 10 and Livermento with nine. So a lot of points across that back three. Uh, Salah, captain. Obviously, anybody that's going to get a good score this week has Salah captain. And Waymo for one, who's now injured, apparently. Townsend for two, and Phil Foden. That's probably what pushed him up to the top of the league this week. This week. Um, and Antonio for seven. He also had, though, Huang and Smith-Rowe on the bench. Huang for eight points and Smith-Rowe for 13. So imagine what that score would have been like if he'd have gone with those instead of, let's say, Cancelo or Waymo. Uh, that would have been insane. 
I, uh, I looked at the yeah this team and I thought the Embuemo versus Smith Rowe one must really sting because that was definitely a debate when it comes down to picking this team, um, which is obviously a 12-point swing on that one. Don't get me wrong. I think it's probably Huang against Livramento. If he was going to start him or not, so he's probably a point up on that because you know they're dropping Diaz or Cancelo or obviously James and Trent. But uh, but yeah, could have could have been probably 125 points if he got those ones right. But I don't think he'll be uh, don't think he'll be too unhappy about the 113. Uh, and the team looks really good moving forward as well, which is annoying for me trying to catch him. So uh, Raya's obviously there with Burnley's good run of fixtures and Buemo's got that knock, but potentially still could be okay. Uh, Cancelo and Diaz both playing Crystal Palace next. Uh, James, if he starts, obviously is a good rotation player. Uh, Livramento, a fantastic backup. Trent isn't going to get dropped. Salah doing bits. Townsend's probably got one week left in him before their fixtures turn for Everton. Foden, obviously a solid stand, a really good pick now. Is he becoming a must-have is one of the questions this week. Antonio continues to deliver, and I think of all the West Ham assets anyone's got, he's probably going to be the one to survive for most people throughout their tough fixture run. And then Ramsdale, great backup. Wang, again, good backup. Smith Rowe, and then is he going to sort out the Lukaku issue this week? It's a nice problem to have because he's got a transfer in the bank there, I can see. So he's got two free transfers and potentially 11.5 million to play with with Lukaku to uh, spread that across the team. So I am jealous of this right now that I'm looking at. But well done, Gavin. I'll catch you at some point, I'm sure. Tom, 107 points, you centurion. Talk about your game week. Yeah, 107. Uh, I will say I took a minus four uh, to because I'd already made my sub, as I said on the last uh, last pod, I made my angry sub from um, Alonso to Chilwell, which paid off. Uh, but then I took a minus four to go from Lukaku to Vardy. Um, bloody hell, that was crap in the end. But anyway, Ramsdale and Golf, three points. Chilwell, Trent. Uh, Livermento getting me big points at the back and then Cancelo for one. Uh, Rafinha, uh, unfortunately, picking up a knock, only getting one point. Townsend on two. And then Salah captain and lovely Smith Rowe. Um, and then, like I said, Vardy and Antonio up top. So I'm, I'm not... I'm not... I've waited on Lukaku and just put him on the bench and then I would have played Jimenez and I'd have an extra eight points as a result. I know it doesn't, it's not a lot, but those decisions over the course of the season obviously can make a big impact. Yeah. No, they can do. And uh, Green Arrow 2, do you know what your overall rank is at the moment? Uh, about four, 406,000, so I went up about 400,000 places. This week. You have your game, over, have your overall rank, I mean, what a week. That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Um, nice work. Any ideas what you're going to do next week coming up? Any thoughts? Uh, probably going to take a minus 12 and uh, get Foden, Mount, uh, you know, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know. I've gone through 100 different things. I really want Phil Foden in, but I know I'll bring him in for a minus four and then Pep will just rest him. It's just classic, isn't it? So uh, I don't know. I really don't know yet. I don't know. Let's see if we can confuse you a little bit more by the end of this podcast. Um, Scott, 83 points, mm. your game week. Yeah, a bit of a letdown, really. When you think you've done a good week, then you look at everyone else. Um, Green arrow there. Yeah, Sanchez is quite nice for four points. Must admit, when he's shipped four goals in. Um, yeah, Livermento, Trent doing bits. Brandon Williams, annoyingly, third sub, sneaking on there for a minus one, a little naughty boy. Um, Rafinha, well, I'm a trusted Leeds players. Um, Salah, Captain Ovs, Greenwood, Fanals, nightmare. Fanals 
it's frustrating. Every time I watch him, it looks like he's going to score, and he yeah. never does. Um, so frustrating because his statistics say that he should as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's an annoying player this season, actually, 4 nils. He really is. Tony him, brought him in for Werner, two points. Bardi brought him in for Lukaku, one point. It's gone really well. Uh, Jimenez against the poor Leeds team, five points. And then that's pretty much it. Yeah, Shane Duffy getting dropped. Bad times. Yeah, tough one. Tough one, that. It really yeah. hurt. This week, going to sort the Alonso problem? Um, What am I going to do this week, Alex? It's a good question, isn't it? Um, well, transfer Rafinha out, aren't we? Uh, yeah, he's carrying, that, carrying that poor Leeds team, isn't he? Um, against Norwich. I'd, yeah. Hopefully, he'll play with one leg if he has to. Made a meal of that tackle, didn't he? <laughs> um, absolute assault wasn't it? it got, I got made out like he was on his deathbed and then he's posted on Instagram an hour later so it were That's, a bad tackle though granted yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah I think Alonso I kind of I might not <laughs> <laughs> for pod listeners Scott's definitely caught his breath here at this point <laughs> <laughs> sorry um <laughs> I might not, just because he might, I don't know, he might play against Newcastle. I don't know. Um, I've, I've not got any transfers. Well, I've obviously got one transfer. Um, obviously, keep an eye on Vardy. Keep an eye on Rafinha. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's Alonso, but... Check the Carabao Cup, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. It's not Carabao anymore, is it? Is it yeah, just the EFL job? Um, it's Carabao, yeah. Carabao, but yeah, oh, yeah see, because he'll probably play this week, won't he? I'm guessing Chelsea is still in, so we'll yeah. see. I guess, I guess he has to come out, and I would love to put Reese James in. Yeah, well, yeah, Reese James, man, just when he gets a final run and he get, he's he's fit, he's just gonna. I think he'll score so many points. I just think he's a really, really good player. My other, my other problem is Batman. <laughs> At some point, he needs to go, doesn't he? <laughs> At some point, it's that yeah. now he's now he's tying up money because Foster's playing at four million. It's just like this is so annoying that he got that injury and then Foster's kept his place. Mm. Um, anyway, little things like that don't they annoy, don't they? Yeah. Uh, for me, eighty-seven points. A small red arrow. I lost ten thousand places this week. Uh, went from like one hundred and fourteen k to one hundred and twenty-five k. Uh, Sanchez and goal four points. Trent and Rudiger, and then Cancelo with one. Salah, Greenwood, Benrahma, Rafinha. What let down them three were Vardy, Antonio, and Tony. And Livermento sat on my bench as first sub with nine points. Um, I mean, he was never going to play over any of these other guys in the team, so it is what it is. But um, he's such a good player to have on your bench, such a strong asset. Manager of the month is something that uh, we featured on the podcast for the podcast league um, to follow in the footsteps of Jack Elcroft and Sandy Hunja. We are looking at one more game week, one more full game week left. I know the last game of the game week is on the first of the month, but that is included in manager of the month because it is within the game week that starts with the month of October, just so you know how manager of the month works. Um, So this game week is uh, the last game week of the month. And we've got Callum Burnett, who was manager of the week last week, a two-time manager week winner for the uh, for the podcast. He is three points clear of Steve Cousins, who's having a fantastic, uh, fantastic month this time. 210 points. Adrian Chippendale's put himself into contention. Gavin Webb has as well. There's only 11 points separating them and Dan Clark, one point behind. Um, there's me and you, Tom, uh, sixth and seventh. So uh, 
outside I'm, chance. I'm joint, I'm joint tenth as well. If that's oh, you're joint tenth. Sorry, I missed you off <laughs> <Yeah>. the screen. <laughs> Technically eleventh, um, but yeah, 194 points as well. So you never know. I could also win it. It's uh, it is close going into the last game week of the month. So very exciting times. Uh, you get a prize of a shout out. Uh, so it's worth a lot on this podcast. Um, so yes, we will see. Maybe maybe up. one day we'll get a sponsor and we can give away a prize. That would be great. Yeah. I might just start printing T-shirts soon. Yeah, I think that's it. Massive egomaniac, just FPL guru on the back of my face. Why not? Let's do it. Um, Injuries. Just had this conversation, didn't we? And suspensions. So I don't know who Pogba is. Some guy who got a red card at the weekend. Uh, He's suspended. Cater's injured. Milner's injured. But Vardy's got a knee injury, someone to watch out for. And Buemo's got a hamstring injury. And again, knees and hamstrings tend to be longer. Then one week, they're just so very, very important to keep an eye on those. Uh, Pinnock, Sterling, uh, Danny Rose. And, but the other one, uh, Broja, 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 Broja uh, for Southampton. Ankle injury. He's coming and actually like a really good enabling option up front for Southampton. He was playing every week. He was scoring a couple of goals. It was five million. So someone to watch out for. Dennis is suspended. Marcel has got a calf injury and he's in a lot of teams. Rafinha, 70% chance of playing after that horrible tackle from Saiz. Uh, Tierney, I'm so surprised to see him on this list. And he fell off my chair. Albrighton, again, he's going to be out. And then you've got some other names on here. Lukaku's, Werner's, who've got unknown return dates. Torres, back in January, that sort of thing. So again, does that make Foden a better, better view? And Varane, thigh injury, 50% chance. Man United without Varane, look horrendous. Look horrendous anyway. I, I've just seen say that Eze might be back soon. Really? That's good. Mm. I love watching Eze play. And James Huston. Oh, nice. Two, is, bit, two fantasy little cheeky ones to look out for in a few months. James Justin was fantastic being there last season as well. Mm. It was a real shame when he got injured because he was doing a, fan, a fantastic job uh, at uh, Leicester. So, what have we learnt from this mad week? Scott, what have you taken away from this crazy week full of hat-tricks, Red cards and thrashings. Um, something I've taken away, something I've taken away the last couple of years is back the player. Don't back the team they're playing against. When you've got a freak of nature like Salah, it doesn't matter who he's playing against. If he's on this form, he's going to be scoring. It doesn't matter if it says dark red. That's what scared used to scare me. Salah's got a dark red fit away at Man United. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't go with him. Well, actually, he's, he's been an absolute... He's been the best player in the world for me right now. And you should back him against anyone. Another thing I've learned is um, actions have consequences, which I think you should learn at a younger age. But uh, <laughs> You're talking about personally here, right? Yeah, I'm get, we're getting deep in this podcast. No, for me, silly. A bit of a gamble last week, bringing in Werner. You know, it could have paid off, but didn't. That meant I had Werner and Lukaku injured, which meant I'm took a man's four, which meant I couldn't play around my team enough. So, yeah, for me, I guess trying to not make impulsive decisions, maybe look a little bit two or three weeks longer term. That's what I've personally learned from this game week, Alex Rex. The Havertz captain thing, I think, really needs talking about because it's an, it's an, it was an exciting and interesting gamble. And it could still, looking at Chelsea's fixtures moving forward, Newcastle and Burnley in their next two, he could still get points. He could still get goals. But I think the, the, the thing that was, I, don't, I didn't mind the transfer in, the captaining him of him 
was mm. just something that I saw a lot of people do. And I listen sometimes to um, Planet FPL and James and Sudge, who do that podcast, they were both adamant on Havertz. And they're both really logical blokes. And when it comes down to trying to, to rationalise it, he scored five goals and got five assists since he came to Chelsea. And I, I didn't, I, I liked the gamble of putting him in. I just wasn't a fan of the captaincy. I didn't feel like he had the pedigree in the game to then do it. Now, I know they've scored then seven goals, so it's really unlucky for him to get no attacking returns. That's mad, really. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the captaincy. I don't know what you that's, guys thought. That's, yeah, well, that's, you say it's unlucky that you didn't get goals, but it's because he plays as a false nine. And what does Firmino do really well for Liverpool? Links play. And that's why traditionally, I know he got a hat-trick the other week, but traditionally he doesn't get a lot of goals because he's actually more there about, like Klopp said at the weekend, is more about his work he does off the ball, running at dragging people out of position, opening up space for the other players. And that's exactly what Kai Havertz is doing as a false nine for Chelsea. Um, and so he's not getting into position to score. Also, what you're doing there by bringing in Havertz against Norwich is you're not playing the player. You've just said the stats there, Alex, are not great stats. You're playing, you're playing to bring him in against the team, Norwich, who are really poor. So that's the opposite of what I learned this week about the Salah against the Man United, where actually you've just said there he's not got the best stats and mm. he's not used to playing that position. And let's be honest, Grant Hanley absolutely bullied the hell out of him. And they had him in his back pocket. And they've obviously maybe set up for Grant Hanley to play like that against Lukaku. But he's played like that against the Verts and he had no chance. He played I think a position a, he wasn't used to. It's a it's good, a good a point good. you make, Tom. Yeah. So, sorry, on, on your point, Tom, just before I come, come back to you on it as well. I think you're right in terms of the, the way he enables other people to play. So one funny stat, his XG in the game was 0.17. Rudiger's was 0.2. Um, which was also quite funny. But he enabled the two players playing around him, Mason Mount, to get 24 points and Callum Hudson-Odoi to get 11 points. So you're talking about bringing them into play and that seemed to be how it ended up working within the match. And yeah, Grant Hanley was stopping him getting back. Yeah, I I think you're totally right in the point you make about the way he plays that position as well. Yeah, and I'll just confirm what Scott says. I think it's becoming more and more obvious to me is you back the player first, not just, it doesn't always go with that, but you back the player first and the team second. And ideally, if you can find a player in a team that's playing well, then absolutely brilliant. Like we've got a Salah at the moment, you know, you've got a player in the top, top form of his life for a team that's playing very well. And so he's getting huge returns. But equally, if Liverpool start to drop off a bit, it wouldn't necessarily put me off keeping salary because he's probably still going to pop up the goals. If you look at someone like Jung Min Song, he's a player playing probably still pretty well in a pretty crap Spurs team, but he's still getting points. So he's still a, an OK choice because, you know, if he gets an opportunity, he'll take it. So I 100% agree with what Scott's saying there. Back the players, back the players in form. And uh, don't worry too much about the fixtures um, because there will be swings and there will be more difficult fixtures, but it doesn't mean those players won't get points. Definitely. And and the, the other two players to score heavily in that match around Kai Havertz were Rhys James and Ben Chilwell. And the way that Chelsea were attacking is that front five of James, Chilwell, Mount, hudson Odoi, and Havertz. I think, don't get me wrong, I still think Havertz is unlucky not to get an assist or something in that game in a 7-0 when he's playing in a false nine for Chelsea. But yeah, I don't I didn't I just didn't see the 
If you watch the game, game, though, he, he wasn't unlucky because he didn't get in positions and, you know, have some sh- loads of shots and have loads of opportunities. He just wasn't doing that, but he, yeah. he was playing the role. And it's the same as Firmino. People criticise him, but people like Klopp, the managers, the people that matter, love him because of the work that he does to enable those around him, like you said, to get into those positions to do it. All of Chelsea's attacks, you know, Reese James coming in off the right and, you know, chipping over the keeper, Chilwell coming in off the left and putting in the bottom corner. They're all... You know, these central positions are creating space for them to attack in the wing, the wing areas, and that's why he wasn't getting returns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but also, we need to uh, to discuss... Well, poor Norwich. We need to discuss the United-Liverpool situation in terms of the game. United look shambolic, and the next two games are Spurs and Man City. Will They're not red fixtures for Spurs and Man City. Don't get me wrong. I, I genuinely think Man United-Spurs could be 5 all because I think they're both awful at defending. It could be either way. They've both got enough talent to score enough goals. So someone like Son, even someone like Greenwood might not be someone to take out. But then Man City, they are... If you you turn the Man United game on this into like a blue, then they've got Palace, Man United, Everton, West Ham, Villa, Watford, Wolves and Leeds. City have got such a real... It's such a good run there in terms of games that... Someone like Foden with Torres being out injured, that false nine being the way that Pep seems to want to play all of the time. I'll I'll go to that question now. Is Foden a must-have for you if you can afford if you can afford him? Is he is he the must? Is he the get? Is he the player that you go to? Because he is for me. I think this week Greenwood out Foden in seems like an obvious pick for me. If you go in reform, like we just said, then yes, he looks unbelievable, doesn't he? So you just go, yeah. I don't think he's must-have because I wouldn't rip up your team just to get him in. But definitely, if you can get him in, he would be the transfer I'd do this week. I'm trying to find a way to do it with maybe just a minus four here. Yeah, so I would be sorry. if you. I'm trying to look at the stats of Foden because one of the things that annoys me is I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring him in if he's a 90-0 o player. So plays the full 90, I don't play at all. Yeah. Um, the niggly little five six minute players really frustrate me. So I think Foden is in full full flow now. I think watch them in the Champions League and then watch them at the weekend. He's in that top tier of players now, and I think he is for the price point he's at. I'm probably going to take a minus four and bring him in for Greenwood myself. I yeah. need to get Greenwood out. I don't want any Man United players in that team at the minute. I think they're an absolute shambles. Um, so I'll be doing the same. And again, we say it every week. He's an exciting player to watch. Well, his, in his last four games, he's started all four and he's been subbed off once. Yeah. So he's not come on as a substitute. And obviously, I think we can. he only came on as a sub one more time before and that when he's getting back to fit, fitness. So Palace and then Man United, who can't defend for Toffee, Everton, West Ham, Villa, Watford, Wolves, Leeds. Wow, what a run. Yeah. Everton and West Ham and Palace in their next four are all next four. There's three in their next four all at home as well. Yeah. Uh, there's an international break after game week 11. Um, so, okay, yeah, game week 11. And then we've got a run to Christmas. Get rid of these international breaks. It's just doing everyone's head in. Uh, yeah, I think my main takeaway from this game week is when you look at the form versus fixture debate, it's, it's form first and then it's fixture. Um, in terms of picking your captaincy. And then it's a, in terms of long-term fixtures, in terms of picking a player to 
for long term. It's much more difficult. Uh, you need much more of a of a blend if if you can do. But yeah, uh, someone like Salah just he just just breaks the mold, doesn't he? Ridiculous game week. Wanted to move on to forwards. So we've got so many injuries for strikers at this very moment in time. And it's what do we do now? Because we've gone from having this, ah, you're going to have Lukaku or Ronaldo, aren't you? Or you might even have both. And they might score you loads of points. They're going to be top scorers this season. There's no doubt. Oh, well, you might have Kane. You can rotate him in as a backup. And if we have a look at the top scoring forwards in the game so far this season, we've got Jamie Vardy at top level with Antonio. Jesus, St. Maximin, Ings, Dennis, Aubameyang, King, Tony Mope, Huang Firmino, Jimenez, then Lukaku. What do we do about strikers? Boys, what's your plans? I'm trying to shift value out of my, my starting three uh, up top so that I can move into midfield. Who have you got at the moment, Tom? Who's up front for you? I've, I had gone... Premium when I'd done my wild card. Premium in my eyes because I had Jimenez, Antonio, and at the time Lukaku. So I had the best part of what thirty million, uh, not you know thirty million tied up in those front three. I'm looking to downgrade that pretty quickly because um, there's some nice. I think you can get a nice balance at the moment with you know relatively mid-range strikers and relatively mid-range midfielders you don't have to bundle it all into a super premium option purely because it's so easy to pick Salah as a captain at the moment so you don't need two captains each picks to rotate between you can just have Salah and then lots of seven to nine million pound players around him uh, to supplement his captaincy points which he's apparently guaranteed to get every week at the moment. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I, I'm doing very similar. Maybe not even necessarily to get it into my midfield. I think there's that many high-scoring defenders this game. Um, the way the way the game is set up, there's not many clean. There's not too many clean sheets. But what there is, I feel like there's a lot of assists from and goals chipped in from these wing backs all over the Premier League. Um, even someone like Yuliveramento. I've said it a few weeks ago. He, he didn't assist or score a few weeks ago, but he looked really dangerous. And now he's started getting assists and got, he's got his goal at the weekend. He's a threat. He's um, a tall right back or left. He's left back, isn't he? He's right very, back at the moment. Yeah, right back. He's very tall. So that he got his goal for the weekend from a header. Um, so for me, even I regretted about a week after I wildcarded getting in the big players up front. Something to what uh, Tom said, I said, well, you can only captain one player. And I think you've said this before. You can only captain one player. And that's where you hopefully get your points from. So, especially with your big strikers, there's that many other strikers, such as Tony. He'll chip in once every two or three weeks, I would have thought. Um, and, and Juan, he looks unbelievable by that. What is he, five and a half million or whatever he is? Yeah, he's, um, not, he's not expensive at the moment. Five, seven, yeah. I think he is. I think there's that many options up top with, with like second tier strikers chipping in that he can look at your midfield or, for me, potentially looking to put the money into the defence as well. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd agree the, the with only, that. The only caveat I'd put on that is, as a striker, you only need one good game and all of a sudden you're at the top of that list. You know, Lukaku could quite easily go into a game and score three goals and all of a sudden he's back up there. So these differences look quite big, but also they're not as big as they quite look over the course of, you know, eight or nine games. 
I think that, that's an excellent point, though, Tom. And I think that's also like reinforces what you've said, though, because you're not going to captain them. So these minor differences over five, six, seven, eight games are they worth being able to save an extra two million and whack it into midfield your defence? Yeah, so if you do, if you probably. do point, if you do points per price as well, you're going to get better value with with a Juan over a Lukaku. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You look at form players at the moment, it, Aubameyang. Uh, Huang for me now because you've got that ridiculous return you've always got to try to take that into account with one crazy out there game but consistency wise I, I said Josh King from game week one I think he's a really good striker as a as a third enabler yeah, on your bench I, I, come on it's easy to get carried away by something like that but you know watching the highlights of that game Everton I don't know what happened to them oh, they, were they awful. completely lost the plot so you know a, a great you got a hat trick wonderful but Will he carry that on? They've got some pretty hard fixtures, so I wouldn't be jumping on King straight away. But going going to back to this point, who who would you not captain Salah against at the moment? City and Chelsea. That's it. They've already played City. They already yeah. played Chelsea. Yeah. So, so they play the next game. They've got against the top team is Chelsea in game week nineteen. Uh, I'll check that. No, but it's, it's like, I think it's game maybe 21. I think it's game week 21 because then it's AFCON, yeah. 22 and 23. So I think they're, when the, one of the questions that came in this week was, uh, when are you going to... Salah's just your you captain every week, isn't he? Is there any game week you wouldn't captain Salah? Um, and th- at the moment, it's a no, other than until game week 21 when he plays Chelsea and then obviously when he's yeah. not here. And that's and that's why I think it makes your choice easy. If I had a wild card left, I wish I did. It would be Salah as the one premium option, captaincy every week, and then all the players around him. You can go for a bit more kind of fun, exciting options. Get your Phil Foden's in, get your Mason Mounts in. I know he might just not get a hat trick every week like he did last week, but get your exciting players in, like Scott said. Get your premium defenders. Have Trent, have Cancelo, have a big Chelsea defender. I, I, You've got money to do everything with if you just have Salah captain. It makes it easy. What's um, what's Penteke's fixtures like? Uh, he has got City away, then he's got Wolves at home, Burnley away, Villa at home, Leeds away. So he's got four pretty good fixtures after the City game. He seems pretty in that team now. And going from the height, he should have had four at the weekend. Maybe more. <laughs> he has so many chances. He's such he a threat so from it. Like, he's such an aerial threat. I think there was a stat that he scored the most headed goals yeah. in the last like two or three years or something. Um, he's, he is such a threat. So he's not one to discard. And I actually don't mind the way Palace are playing. I like you two as well. And lots more people wrote Palace off at the start of the year. But they've actually surprised me. They're playing some pretty good stuff. If they can get Eze back in as well. Never know. Yeah. No, no. I think I, I, I think they've got that. Is it Elise as well as the other guy plays? Yep. He's mm-hmm. he's a very good player. And yeah, I mean, at the moment, Ben Teke is underperforming on his XGI. He's got two goals, one assist, and he should should have had four returns instead of three. You know, he's, he's someone that's uh, that potentially worth looking at. The problem is with Ben Teke, the problem he's always had is he's six six point three million. And if you're going to go for a striker at that level, you go for Tony, aren't you? At the moment, yeah. Uh, and then Huang's a bit cheaper. Uh, and he's returning more points. It's and uh, Edward as well. It seems to be somebody who might even get some points. But yeah, Twang and Tony are the, are the, are the main two culprits. We're looking at fixtures as well, Burnley at the top of that list. Brentford are, are second in the list in terms of the next seven game weeks or eight game weeks in terms of levels of fixture. 
and quality. So Brentford, obviously Tonys of this world, and it's Norwich, Man City, Liverpool, Leicester. Kelechi's back, looking on form. He's now playing every week again. He just didn't play because you had him, Scott. That was it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so he's uh, now seven million at only three point one percent owned, and his form's five point three got five point three points per match within the last thirty days. So he's looking like an option uh, as well because you know Harvey Barnes hadn't delivered. Madison looks better in behind the two. It has to be said. Um, so yeah, I think they're looking all right. So again, an option there. Spurs and Chelsea. Then you get into your Brighton's, your Arsenal's, and your Southamptons. But overall, even Wolves have got Everton, Palace, West Ham, Norwich, and Burnley next five. So their fixtures still look good. I think if you're putting a wildcard team together now, I agree with you, Tom. With Vardy's injury, because Vardy was the premium man I considered, because we obviously did him for our team last week. I wouldn't go for you know we did a team last week and we put Huang in there. And um, did we put Tony in as well? And uh, and Vardy. So, yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that one in terms of what we want to do with forms. form. Uh, to move on to some quick fire. Can we have a strong enough bench to take rotation on the chin? And is it worth it? So I'm guessing this person who sent in this question is talking about defenders for or, or midfielders for Chelsea and City. Do yes. you think, yes, I, yeah, I said the one, one word answer is a yes. Which gambles would you pick? Because we've all, because you know, you're going to take the mick out of me as usual, being Mr. Safe, Diaz and Rudiger and Aspilicueta, and then he didn't even play. Let's all go really safe. But which gambles would you pick? Rotation gambles. Rotation, well, like cheap enablers at the back. No, no, like big, like I'm talking expensive Chelsea or City assets. But, but yeah, but risk of being rotated. Oh, but risk of being rotated. Yeah, so like, I'm basically Jay- saying Chilwell versus James, would yeah. you take, or Cancelo, would you go with two of those three? Would you just go with one of those three? Obviously, Livramento is going to be in there, isn't he? And Trent's going mm. to be in there if you're looking at it. Who, who are the other three if you're going to play with that, play with fire a bit? It'd be... Bernardo Silva, I'd look at. I know we've already, I don't want to talk about people we've already talked about, so I'll say Bernardo Silva just because. Uh... <laughs> How are we on about defenders? I thought you meant. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant any rotation options. No, I was going to say do midfielders after the defenders, but we'll do both. Yeah. So I mean, if, so for me, for example, when I look at a team right now, if I was putting them together and I was rotation, Chilwell would be the guy I would put in at the back. Um, I wouldn't double up on that. I would go with one of the defenders. I wouldn't look at potentially putting in um, James as well or Christensen or Shalaba. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's worthwhile doing. I'd probably just have one of them with Livramento, Diaz um, or Cancelo because he looks pretty nailed, to be fair, uh, and Trent. And then in midfield, I would take the risk of having a Foden at the moment. I probably wouldn't with Mount, really, but uh, Foden would be my player in there. I'd take the risk. So I wouldn't want more than sort of two of those sort of players in my team, but I'd go for mm. one defender and midfield, probably Chilwell and Foden. If I was put together a wild side team, I would, I would, I would agree with similar to that. Um, I don't think Mount's done enough consistently yet. He's he's had one good game. I think he's been poor this season. I think you look at the goals he scored. There wasn't his first goal was very good. His second one was a penalty that he had stuck twice, and the third one was a tap him. Um, so he needs a few more games for me. And I think two shells way too rotating to even that midfield stacked. That the players have got there is pretty stacked as well. So I would agree with you, Alex. Yeah. Any further other than Bernardo Silva, Tom, defender? 
Uh, well, defending. I, no, I, like, I like Bernardo I, though as a shot. I've I got Chilwell. I've got Chilwell. In. He was my he was my gamble, but Alonso was my gamble before that, and he got rotated out. So yeah, but uh, you can see you can see Alonso coming back in for Chilwell. I can see it. Yeah, I would agree with you. Apart from the fact that he's not even fit. definitely at some point he'll get sick of Chilwell and it will go back to Alonso. Yeah. I wonder who... whether his thinking is instead of changing every game so that you know it gets difficult for them to get used to the team. He's just thinking I've got two very good options at left back. I give them each a run of seven or eight games mm. and then they rotate out for seven or eight games so they get used to playing, get up to speed, they get a consistent run of games. It doesn't matter whether it's Premier League, Champions League and then they come back out for six or seven games and that's how he keeps them happy. If that's what he's going for, then Chilwell's still got a few more games in him before he's rotated out again. That's what I'm thinking. We had a, a question come in for best 6.5 million or below midfielder for the next few game weeks. So I put the fixtures up on the screen in front of us. Um, best midfield option for 6.5 million or below. Uh, when you look at this list, Mbwemo or Buemo, how I want to say his name at the moment, I can't get it wrong, pronunciation wise. If he's fit, it's, it's him. I want to ask the question on Tielemans. I was going to say Tielemans. Um, he's, he's, Brought in two double-digit holes in a row, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and he, I don't know, he, that Leicester team seemed to be turning the corner, should we say? I don't, I don't love their next three fixtures, not going to lie. Well, it's because Leeds are in there, aren't they? So I, I know, think exactly. Ar- Arsenal, Arsenal Leeds next two. Leeds next two look good, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, the next, I'll take Chelsea out of that. It looks great, doesn't it? That run. Like, yeah. Poor Spurs at the end. Um, I'm sorry, Tom, a poor Leeds team. Um, Arsenal, who are pretty leaky, um, and I, I quite I, like it. I, I think if you wanted a, a differential or an outside shout, someone like Tielemans is good to consider. Arsenal have got Leicester and Watford, Leicester still can't defend, but Leicester and Watford next to Smith Rowe looks solid, looks nailed in that team as well. Um, but if you're not going to Buemo, uh, then yeah, probably I, I like the Tielemans gamble. Uh, and um, the where does what about uh, you mentioned is it Maxwell Corner? Yeah, he's obviously uh, Burnley. Corne or Corne, I don't know how to say his name, apologies, but Corne, let's go for that. Is he a midfielder? It's just, yeah, he's six million. It's Brentford, who I'm I'm not sure about in terms of picking a player to play against. Then Chelsea? He seemed to be really playing on the shoulder of uh, Chris Wood last game, like just behind him. Um, and his finishes were outrageously good. So... I don't know. Um, we do fantasy draft as well for anyone that does do that, and he's probably coming into my fantasy draft team this week because I think he's looked on the eye test, as we like to say. He's looked really good, um, but it's Burnley, isn't it? He's perfect for draft, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, because transfers are so precious in fantasy. <laughs> fantasy. Mm. Whereas draft, you can kind of go like, ah, "I'll have a week with him. I'll have a week with him," and it's kind of a bit yeah. of a laugh when you've got that fifth midfielder, but. Yeah. Um, to be honest, in that price range, anyway, everyone's a gamble. If they get your points, brilliant. I, I'm, you know, Smith Rowe for me, 5.3 when I bought him or something like that. He's done nothing. And then he had one good game week where he's got me 13 points. He's going to get 5.5 to 6.5 midfielders that are going to do that. You're going to have two or three weeks where they get you nothing. And then they randomly get a couple of goals. And you just got to, you've got to accept that that's what's going to happen with those kind of players. Fair play. Like that. Um, club, uh, last few questions but I thought this was a really good one actually uh, Salah is a non-negotiable at the moment which he is um, maybe Trent 
is another non-negotiable, potentially, if you're putting a team together, potentially. You know, he's, he's not in 34% of the top 10K management teams, but uh, the other player. And I, I don't think there are any other non-negotiables, personally. I think that's a pretty easy question to answer. Yeah. But what I would say is, if you were putting a team together right now, a wildcard team together right now, what other players would 100% be in that team? Would would there, there's there's no no doubt you would have them in that team. Foden would be in there for me at the moment, just because of the things we've mentioned: Torres injury, his form. Yeah, you've got the risk of rotation risk, but we've said previously if you've got four other playing mid, midfielders, I'm not too worried. So Foden would definitely be in for me. And then I don't think it's about specific players. I think it's about specific teams. Yeah, like Chelsea that, yeah. defender, one yeah. City defender, like you said. Trent is an obvious pick for me in midfield, one of a City or Chelsea midfielder. So it would be Foden for me, but then you could have Mount if you wanted. Um, uh, would, and that would be it. I would say a couple of really cheap budget players to put in. Uh, Rafinha, I still think you need him in your team. He's the only one that looks like he's doing anything for Leeds other than Gelhart, Gelhart um, whatever his name is. Obviously, he's injured at the minute. Um, see how he goes on. And then I would just say another one, Huang. I think for his uh, price, for a guy that's playing, and he looks frighteningly good, I must say, um, him as well. And if you are doing a wildcard team, just get Ben Foster and he's so cheap. And yeah. And uh, just want to throw Liberman though in. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. He's, he's, he's obviously At his no prize guy. point. Yeah. I'm, I must admit, I love having Liberman as my second sub and constantly coming on. It is good. I do enjoy that. We've, we're so, I, I love him so much as a fantasy player this season. I can't tell you how much I love him. He, because his name is. His name is Tino Livermento, and I only found out he's just English. I thought he was Italian. That's what's great about players like Livermento this year is you can have Foden and you can have Chilwell or you know Reese James because if they don't play, you've got Livermento coming on. You're not you're not panicking at all. So uh, I, I think you've got the opportunity to go with some riskier options because of the ones that are definitely playing. You know, I love about Livermento so much is that he is the perfect amount of I don't care if I bench him or not. Mm. He's not like, oh, should I play him? Maybe I should. Oh, no, wait a minute. Southampton are a bit rubbish, like generally, like defensively, normally. I know they've settled down well. They've kept a couple of clean sheets. One was against Man City. What a weird day. But still, he's that perfect amount of, he's my first sub. That's great. Oh, Cancelo's not played this week. Livermento's going to come on there and everything's fine. And it's just, he's that he doesn't. He doesn't give me a decision every every week well, when I'm going to play him or not. But he he can come on for me, and I love it. Something what I've that? learned this year as well. Um, already I feel like we're like massively into the game, but we're not. Um, is not many teams, unless the top tier teams, keep click keep clean sheets. Therefore, yeah. it's very important to look at defenders that are threatening. That are look either they're going to get an assist bobbing up from wing backs, or the frightening, or the a threat from corners such as Shane Duffy um, I think because you're probably rarely going to keep clean sheets your points are going to come from them getting an assist or getting a goal I think that's quite important for anyone that watched my wildcard video I stuck out on Instagram put it on YouTube as well that that when I look at defenders to put in my team I look at the team's defensive stats first and then I look at attacking output for individuals after because yeah, like you say, unless there's no real outstanding like team this season other than Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea who are worth having defenders in for clean sheets. So actually, 
they're also the best for attacking outputs, which is why we're talking about big at the back so much. But yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good way of putting it. We've, we've sort of put, I think there's probably nine assets probably there or thereabouts in a, in a wildcard team that we've just discussed that would be pretty much nailed in our teams, but non-negotiables. It's just Salah for me. Just, it's, it's not just Salah. It's definitely Salah and probably just Trent in terms of my non-negotiable uh, players that are going to be in there. Uh, are Everton assets dead and buried with current form, two losses in a row, and their up-and-coming fixtures of Wolves, Spurs, Man City, Brentford, Liverpool, Arsenal, Crystal Palace and Chelsea? Yep. Temporarily, yes. Temporarily, yes. I agree. And I think the lack of the core rate was a massive reason for their complete meltdown against Watford. Yeah. He's so key to that team. Yeah. Um, can we ever really trust Arsenal? And I didn't make this <laughs> question up. I, this, this question came in, by the way, and you know how much I love this. Can we ever really trust Arsenal um, Arsenal players? This person who's, who's written into us, I have two of them and I'm reluctant to play them. <laughs> That's what we're doing. I, I, I don't think it's about trusting Arsenal. That implies that I'm going to put three players in, but you can have, you can definitely have one or two. Smith Rowe is in my starting lineup pretty much every week. It's like yeah. I said, you, you can't have five to six million pound players and expect them to get you 20 points every week. It's unrealistic. What you can expect is every three or four weeks, they'll get you a 10-point haul. You know, that's what you're going for with your Townsends, with your Smith Rose, with all those kind of mid-priced options. So you don't have to be scared of playing them. You just have to accept they're not going to get you 10 points every week. Yeah, I don't think you can go defensively unless you go for maybe a really cheap Ramsdale just for, like you said, an enabler. I don't yeah. think you can go defensive. And the defence is... I know they kept clean, three clean sheets, but then three clean sheets were against Norwich, Burnley and Brighton. So they can't keep clean sheets. That's a fact. So don't go defensive. And I agree, Tom. It is a bit of a... It's like I took Saka out. He got 13 points. He's not done anything since. So yeah. they are very hot and cold, I would say. Arsenal's an easy choice for me. Saka or Smith Rowe. And don't go any further than that at the moment. Maybe, maybe if they get a good run of fixtures, Aubameyang, just because he's looking all right again. But at the moment, Smith Rowe or Saka. That's yeah. I, must, I must say, Aubameyang, seven two nine six. He's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's on decent form. He's definitely now within the remit of thinking about him, mm. um, which is, you know... Yeah. after last season when he just let us all down. I'm just not sure if I can get there in, but the two seasons before then. The thing is, if this was, if let's just say last season didn't exist, right? And then Aubameyang had this run of form now after the two seasons before, I'd probably sub him in. Like that's how much you trust him. 24 goals or 22 goals each of the last those two seasons. But last season, it's amazing how much that influences your thinking. Now, nah, last season, he let me down, even though the other two seasons before it was amazing. So, now, nah, now nah, I'm going to wait until he does more to bring him in. Maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be so biased on these things, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, we could, we'll, we'll end up making this podcast about three hours long if we keep going on <laughs> stuff like that. Um, wanted to finish off on uh, fixtures and captaincy for the game week. So looking at this week's game week, we've got Leicester and Arsenal starting us off on Saturday. Deadline is at 11am on a Saturday. Thank you very much. Friday deadline stressed me out. They're all... I feel so rushed. The big games, Liverpool at home against Brighton. Um, Manchester City at home to Crystal Palace. So are we looking at a differential captain? Uh, Chelsea away at Newcastle. Any Havertz people want to go back-to-back? Anyone who's got Mount want to go crazy? 
Um, Spurs, Man United, that could be a great basketball match. Don't forget Watford and Southampton sneak in there as well, where nobody knows what's going to happen in that game. Norwich Leeds, Villa West Ham and Wolves Everton, a bunch more of unpredictable games. Uh, I think it just looks like goals that does those fixtures to me. They look really like does. there could be 200 goals this, this weekend. <laughs> it, there, there could be goals everywhere. Captaincy, in terms of it, has to be Salah uh, because of the form, uh, even though they're playing Brighton, but they did ship four goals to Man City last time. Any Anybody else for those 32% of managers that don't have Salah right now? Because <laughs> we can't, we need to have a proper actual conversation about it. <laughs> Who would you go for? Foden? Yeah, I would go for Foden personally against Palace. But Palace, I mean, like I say, they've been a bit weird this year. They've been all right. Um, I would, I would certainly look, look at Phil Foden. Um, I'd be more tempted to go for a Chelsea asset over a City. Weirdly, I think just New, good, Newcastle. Good that point part. on that though. Good point on that. So Chelsea's defensive stats aren't that great. I know the number of goals they've conceded is really good. Like they've only conceded like three goals this season, but actually their XG I concede expected XG conceded is pretty high. They're outperforming it by a long way. I've heard a couple of people in the Twitter community talking about putting the captaincy on someone like Chilwell or James, because if they don't play, then you go your your vice kicks in. Obviously, they're obviously going to captain Salah, but if they don't have Salah, then going for that sort of player. Is that something that you might consider if you're looking to catch up, if you're one way behind? I, I think the captaincy advice is very simple at the moment. If you have Salah, captaincy. If you don't have Salah, get him in and captain him, captain him, even if it takes you minus eight. It's just that simple conversation right now. He's I'm trying a... so hard, Tom, to make it more of a conversation. <laughs> I know, but I know, but if you by making it more of a conversation, he's 50 points clear. He is 50 points clear. Do you know it's what? Salah or it's Bring him in. It's that simple. <laughs> 17, 3, 10, 8, 12, 7, 13, 13, 24. Yeah. Salah, move on. We wasted a couple of minutes there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's finish off by having a look at Tom's pr- projected transfers. I absolutely <laughs> love it when Tom sends me stuff on WhatsApp and it's these sort of pictures. So this is the sort of stuff, just so you know, every single week Tom sends me... <laughs> He goes, convince me not to take a minus 12 to do this. Tom, what would be your minus 12? Here? Who's coming out for Mount Foden, Tony and Jesus? Uh, ben Rama, Townsend, Jimenez and Vardy. I mean, to be honest, what a great set of transfers you'd make, but you can't, can't make them all for minus 12. Um, I can. You know what, I can. I may or may not do that, but I think that I think I'd get my points back if I'm being totally honest. There's a risk that Vardy doesn't play. Brentford have got great fixtures. Chelsea away at Newcastle and City at home to Palace. I think I get so my twelve back. Is this is this your weekly? I might do it because these weekly I might do's never happen. <laughs> I can guarantee this, this, we're make this a section on the pod, you know. Yeah. Tom's weekly I might do. It, it's it, for the third week in a row. I can tell you, I'll be taking a minus four. Because I want to do at least two of these. Uh, it's just a question of which two I pick, and does it go higher than that? What's the percentage chance you're doing a minus twelve? Here? Because I think it's a zero percent. One hundred percent, one hundred percent minus four. I've already decided on that. Minus twelve. Oh, minus twelve. I'd say like thirty percent, like fifty percent <laughs> for a minus eight. <laughs> no. Do you know what though? I could, I could see you doing a minus eight. I don't think you will, but I could see you doing a minus eight. You're never doing Jesus to Jimenez. Cool. I've been called out now. 
just because the, the, the floor, the fixtures aren't, the fixtures don't even make make sense for it really. And I guess Jesus has obviously got good returns, etc. But you're not going to go for that many rotation risks within one team. But the Tony, the Foden, they're you know Tony for in for Vardy if he's injured, and then Foden yeah, yeah, into yeah. midfield for someone. That that's your minus yeah. four, isn't it? Right? Yeah, Jesus' choice is a is an enabler. It's an enabler. You know, you have to go from Vardy to someone cheaper to get. Foden and Mountain. Well, that's so. the Tony, though, isn't it? So Vardy to Tony, and then you've got Tony Jimenez and Antonio up front. Then Foden into the midfield, and then it's then it's just a Mount. Thing. I think Mount's I, I a freak, be, I, like a freak I've got, game. I've got to be honest. I sent this, and then immediately I was like, I think exactly that, Alex. I think he will still keep getting points, but I'm not rushing to get Mountain. I do really want to get Foden in. It'll probably most likely be a minus four for Foden in and probably Tony for Jimenez or something like that. If I, if that's affordable for me, then that's probably what I'll do. Yeah. And if Vardy's injured, obviously Tony for Vardy. Uh, yes. If Vardy's injured, then I might take a minus eight. Ooh. Never taking a minus eight. <laughs> Stop scratching his head. I've done, I've done, just bear in mind, that I, took, I, took, I took Alonso out. When the Chelsea game kicked off and he didn't play, I took Alonso out for Chilwell immediately. So yeah. just bear in mind, I do rash things. Yeah, I've taken a minus oh, I know you do rash now. things, but you're never taking a minus eight. I might just do it right now. I might do mm, you're never taking a minus eight. That made good, that made good podcasting. <laughs> um, and uh, and for, for myself, I know it's obviously Scott, we talked about this before, and myself, it would probably be Greenwood out for Foden this week for just mm-hmm. just the just a standard transfer of not, not spending any points. And Scott, yours? Greenwood for Foden. Yeah. Definitely happening. And um, potentially probably a minus four for, I need to probably need to get Alonso out. For Reese James, who will then get bench? Yeah, classic. It's always coming, isn't it? Yeah. Watch out for the EFL Cup games this week, guys. Make sure you uh, pay attention to who plays, what transfer, what transfers, what injuries end up happening. Bear with the bear with making your transfers until as late as possible after all of those have happened. Thank you ever so much for watching this uh, YouTube video or listening to us, our podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the video. We don't get enough likes on these videos compared to views, which either means that you don't like them, but you still view them, or you haven't clicked the button. So click the button, please, because it helps get us uh, spread to the joy uh, and subscribe click the little bell icon uh make sure you follow us as well on spotify and apple podcast and then get in touch with us on our social media platforms that's where these questions have come from today from our instagram page at all in football pod and all in football p on twitter and also if you want to laugh follow us on tiktok at all in football pod because at some point i'll start putting some uh, some more of these videos up when i learn how to actually do it thanks scott thanks tom uh, good luck with your game weeks guys fingers crossed for green arrows and we'll see you again next week <laughs>